0: Episode 65. So, pre-renal acute kidney injury. Etiologies are decreased renal perfusion, true volume depletion or decrease in the effective arterial blood volume, that is heart failure or cirrhosis or displacement of the intravascular fluids such as sepsis and the peric- pancreatitis and renal artery stenosis and also afferent arterial vasoconstrictions such as ncdu's Okay. So, clinical features includes increase in the serum creatinine, 50% from the baseline and... Uh, Decrease in the urine output. Blood urine, nitrogen and creatinine ratio is increased more than equal to 20. Fraction of excreted sodium is less less than 1%. An unremarkable bland urinary segment is there. Okay, like nothing is there. Treatment includes restorations of the renal perfusion. So this patient's with acute kidney injury with elevated blood urea nitrogen creatinine in more than equal to 20 and bland urine analysis suggests the prerenal etiology although prerenal acute kidney injury usually results from total body volume depletions it can also occur in volume overload states that involves the reduced effective arterial blood volumes okay so this patient has overload volume overload due to the acute heart failure exacerbations and this acute kidney injury is most likely due to the cardiorenal syndrome so whenever you see that there is acute heart exacerbation, so it can also lead to the AKI because although the volume is there, overload is there but it's not reaching the kidney properly it is the cardiorenal syndrome okay so cardiorenal syndrome is characterized by mutual detr- uh, detrimental interactions between the heart and the kidney in the setting of the heart failure since there is uh, heart failure going on so the heart tries and asks the kidneys like I want more blood okay because i am failing so the kidney compensates its own blood okay so basically what happens here is so let's just start from the right heart failure since right heart failure is there we know that the increase in the central venous pressures and also the uh, renal vein perfusion okay which leads to decrease in the glomerular pressure gradient okay which ultimately reduces the gfr in the renal injury and this GFR reduction increases the RAS and increases the sodium and water absorptions and increases the sympathetic output which ultimately causes this uh, heart failure. And it also causes the left heart failure where you see systemic uh, stroke volume is reduced, reduces the renal perfusions and again the GFR is reduced which is activating the RAS and again sodium water retention occurs which further and causes this heart failure. Okay? So this uh, left ventricular failures with reduced cardiac output leads to decrease in the renal perfusion followed by activation of the RAS the increase in the rasa activity causes the vasoconstriction and volume retentions which increases the load on the left heart and further reduces the renal perfusion okay elevated central venous pressure is a major driver for aki in the cardiorenal syndrome so the elevated central venous pressures leads to elevation in the renal venous uh, pressures and congestion which may reduce the perfusion pressures across the glomerular capillaries and cause a consequent decrease in the glomerular filtration rate Decreased renal perfusions due to the reduced cardiac output plays an important role. It also follows that diuretics are usually most effective therapy for AKI due to the cardiorenal syndromes. The result reduction in the CVP, V that is central venous perfusions improves the renal perfusions and increases the GFR. Okay. The other options are glomerular filtration. So hyperfiltration is seen in the early stage of the diabetic nephropathy, but it is not seen in cardiorenal syndrome. Okay. Next is low blood oncotic pressure is seen in nephrotic syndrome, a condition where total body volume overload is there with intravascular volume depletions. Okay, pre-renal AKI can occur due to reduce in the effective arterial blood volume. The preload and the ventricular end diastolic volume increases the heart failure. Okay, and central venous pressure is generally representative of the preload. Next is the uh, renal artery stenosis is a potential cause of the pre-renal AKI. But Cardiorenal syndrome is most likely in this patients with the acute heart failure exacerbation. Okay, moving on to the next question. So basically, uh, in this, uh, we are just describing the renin-angiotensin system. Okay, how it is working and everything related to that. So, RAS, what happens? Renal blood flow is reduced, which leads to decrease in the GFR. Then, juxtaglomerular apparatus increases the renin secretions. And this renin activates the angiotensinogen in the liver to convert it into angiotensin 1. Which is then going to the lung, where ACE con- or from the endothelium of the lung vessels increases the angiotensin one concentration to angiotensin two, and this angiotensin two ultimately causes sodium retention via direct effect, and also it helps the aldosterone productions. And next is the vasoconstriction. So this patient with the history of colicky abdominal pain after eating, which raises a strong suspicion of the gallstones. Okay, she then develops the clinical manifestations of severe epigastric pain, vomiting, and elevated lipase, consistent with acute gallstone pancreatitis. Patients with pancreatitis typically develop severe hypovolemia due to vomiting and also inability to tolerate the oral fluid and third-space extravasation. Manifestations include dry mucous membrane, hy- hemoconcentration, tachycardia, hypotension, and shock. The kidney responds by releasing the rain- drain from the GGE cells Renin is converted to angiotensinogen to, angiotensinogen, converts angiotensinogen to angiotensin 1, which is then converted to angiotensin 2 by ACE. Angiotensin 2 is uh, having fall, is effect on the following system. So, first, this causes vasoconstriction, which increases the efferent and efferent, uh, systemic efferent arteriolar resistance. So, remember that. Because of the vasoconstriction, both efferent and efferent arteriolar resistance is increased. Okay. So, remember that okay it's because it's really important point that vasoconstriction needs to increase in resistance of both efferent and efferent arteriole okay which improves the glomerular filtration rate and the blood pressure next is sodium water resorption so directly increase from the pct so yeah that's the effect and another effect is aldosterone secretion which increases the sodium water resorption from dct also okay therefore this patient most likely has an increased renin efferent arteriolar resistance is also increased and also tubular sodium resorption is increased so yeah moving on to the next question how are we going to prevent the recurrent nephrolithiasis so the prevention of recurrent nephrolithiasis dietary measures which you can use is increase fluid intake more than equal to 2 liter urine per day should be there okay at least you have to take that much amount of fluid that more than equal to 2 liter urine per day is releasing and next is reduction in the sodium concentration so reduce less than 100 milliequivalent per day sodium should be intaken, okay less and reduce protein normal calcium intake should be there like 1200 milligram per day increase in the citrus fruits and vegetables also reduction in the oxalate from the diet for oxalate stones where you see this uh, removal of the vitamin c and uh, dark roughage okay so although you have to increase the citrus fruit but for oxalate you have to reduce this thing okay next is the next is the drug drug, uh, therapy so in that you have to give the thiazide diuretics because it uh, prevents the calcium loss so calcium is retained in the body only so there is less chance of forming the stones in the urine. Urine alkalinization is really important with the help of sodium citrate and also sodium bicarbonate. Bicarbonates also remember that urine alkalinization can be done with sodium citrate and bicarbonate. Allopurinol is used for hyperuricemia-related renal stones. Okay, so renal stones formation involves an abnormal excretion of the stone-forming salts and uh, deficiency of the urinary inhib- inhibitors of the crystal formations due to the metabolic disorders or dietary factors. Calcium stones are the most common sto- type of the stones seen and usually present in 3rd or 4th decade of life. Most patients have hypercalciuria where you see 24 hour calcium more than equal to 4 mg per day. This patient most likely has rigor in calcium stones due to idiopathic hypercalciuria which can be best treated with increase in the fluid uh, intake and also restriction of the dietary sodium and protein also giving thiazide and amiloride diuretics. Mild volume depletion causes thiazide diuretics leads to a compensate rise in the reabsorption of the sodium and water. Which results in increase in the passive reabsorption of calcium as well. Okay. So thiazides also has a module modulate the calcium channels on the tubular membranes, lowering the urinary concentration of the calcium reduces its precipitations in the insoluble salts. Okay. Next other options were electron antagonists such as panel electron, or potassium sparing diuretics. These are not calcium sparing diuretics. Okay. Next is the increase in the sodium. In the diet causes uh, uh, reduce reduced resorption of the sodium, and therefore the calcium is also not resorbed so it is released in the urine only and it leads to increase in the dietary uh, it leads to increase in the urinary stone's formation with the calcium okay calcium binding with oxalate in the gut is to form the unsoluble calcium oxalate, so we don't have to reduce the dietary calcium amount. We have to give, ask the patient to take a proper amount okay. Next is uric acid kidney stones. So the risk factors of this are increase in the uric acid excretion because of gout or myeloproliferative disorders. Next is increase in the urine concentration because of hot, arid climate or dehydration. And low urinary pH because it's an acid. So acid is precipitated in an acid, thick environment. Such as in case of chronic diarrhea where you see GI loss of the bicarbonate is there. So there is a low urinary pH. Metabolic syndromes and also diabetes mellitus where you see low urinary pH. So the pathophysiology here is the acidic urine favors the formation of uric acid insolubles over the urate which is soluble. Again, supersaturations of the urine with the uric acid precipitates into the crystal and form, crystal formation. Next is clinical characteristics. So, radiolucin stone is there which is not visible on the x-ray. Uric acid crystals on the urine microscopy can be seen. Urinary pH will be less than 5.5. Treatment is alkalinization of the urine with the help of potassium citrate. So, remember that. Now, there are three likely possibilities. I already told you about this. To identify the conventional uh, uric acid stones so first is the radiolucin stone uric acid and xanthine stones also the small calcium stones where you see less than equal to 1 to 3 millimeter in diameter and last one is the non-stones urethral obstructions because of clot or blood or tumors okay so this patient has uric acid stones because uh, yeah there is uh, inc- low urinary ph okay and be- it is because of defective in the defect in the renal ammonia excretions and also hyperuric uricosuric ure- Okay, like uric acid is increased in urine, including uh, diabetes, mellitus, and metabolic syndrome, which causes increased production of the urine, such as metabolic uh, myeloproliferative disorders, pneumolysis, and chronic diarrhea. Also, so uric acid stones are radiolucents and can be seen on renal sonography Treatment is hydration, alkalization of the urine, and low purine diet. So, alkalinization of urine is done with the help of potassium citrate. Do remember that, okay? It's a really important point pH of 6 to 6.5 with oral potassium citrate is recommended because uric acid stones are highly soluble in alkaline environment. So, this crystal ultimately resolves. Okay. And citrates is also stone inhibitors and reduce the crystallizations. Allopurinol can be added for the initial measures like to reduce the formation of the uric acid only. Okay. So, yeah, this is it for this lecture. Thank you so much for listening.